Hello and welcome to Reboot, Lawrence and Schiller's podcast about all things tech. Each episode will bring you a different technology and discuss the world of marketing and advertising. I'm Trevor Patch. And I'm Travis Adney. And this week's episode is bots. Bots. So a little signal that you may have heard at the beginning of this, our friend Brian from the UK, a.k.a. His name is Brian. Its name is Brian. It's Well, I like to think of him as a him. But yeah, <laughs> so we started off the episode with a little bot voice, but we're going to talk about a different type of bot today. Um, not a, a text-to-speech bot like that, but actual bots that we can interact with as humans. So let's talk about first, what is a bot? You need to tell me what a bot is because I, I – In this context here. specifically, a bot is just a piece of software that uh, you can interact with on a human level. So, Travis, I'm sure you've been texting at times and you have a question. Uh, let's say you're on your phone. You're like, I want to go to dinner to this place with this person. How, how can I make a reservation? Well, rather than opening up a bunch of different apps, what you could do is you could talk to Siri, a, a famous right. bot, and you could say, make me a reservation for dinner. Now I've never I've never tried this with Siri. Uh, I don't know what she could do. Yeah, she can go out. She can. She's been trained. She's written to go out and find that information for you. Sure. She can ideally make the reservation for you if it's been set up using you know another app like OpenTable. But bots are just software that are programmed to do specific things based off of a different kind of input. So a human level of input. You're talking to it and it's doing things for you rather than just googling it. You're asking a question. And it's just like a medium or a vessel that's going to grab information and kind of pass it to you with the, the skin of a human, essentially? In a way, yeah. So uh, let's talk about some of the bots that are currently out there and what they're used for. Some of my favorite ones, um, besides Siri, like we already mentioned, uh, are Slack bots. Okay. Yeah. We'd... And you're familiar. Yeah. Well, do the users know what Slack is first? Slack is uh, a workplace communication tool. It's project-focused. It's just instant messaging. Um, and they've really focused on building um, bots and allowing users to build their own bots. Mm-hmm. So some of the most famous ones are um, – you've I know you love this one, <laughs> the Giphy bot. The Giphy bot. The Giphy bot's wild at, at LNS. That's a big hit in our office, but it's – you're able to communicate it with it through a chat interface. And what it does, it's programmed to do specific functions. In this mm-hmm. case – hilarious gifts. It's the Russian roulette of gifts. Yeah. So you're able to talk to it and it'll go out and find a great gift for you. Uh, some of them are more productive than that. Some of them are more inappropriate than others as well. <laughs> That's true. Um, but some of the bots that you can use on Slack are um, you know, team-focused, project-focused. Mm-hmm. Another one that we use is the Lights bot. Mm-hmm. So in this case, you could say uh, Slack, dim my light. Uh, in this in our system at LNS is actually hooked up where we've programmed it. The bot will connect with your lighting system, turn down your light for you. Right. One of our cooler applications. <laughs> and I think that um, begs the question of what is the benefit of using bots as opposed to um, humans to do these things? So I obviously can make you come turn on my light, but why am I using a bot <laughs> yeah. to do this? Or, you know, the millions of other uses of bots, but... Uh, in specific, I think the, the easiest one is the ease of use or making your life easier. Um, you mentioned initially grabbing dinner or sending text messages, scheduling appointments. Those are very mundane things that, that people mm-hmm. no longer like to do with keystrokes because they're either driving their car or um, tied up in other ways that they can do it um, by their own voice. Yeah. Um, and it gets a little tricky because there's misinterpretation. If you go outside of the algorithm or the parameters of what that bot knows, how smart the bot is, if you yeah. will, um, you're not going to get the, the outcome that you're expecting. So 
um, usability or, or making things easy yep. is probably one of the biggest benefits. Definitely. Uh, I think it's trying to get people to use all the platforms we already know they're on, such as Facebook and um, mm-hmm. in, I've already mentioned this a couple times, Siri. People are already using those. So rather than making them use a bunch of different apps to try to accomplish a goal, put it all right there. Um, we know tons of people are on Facebook, so why not give them the option to right. um, you know, look up content directly through Messenger, things like that. Mm-hmm. And I think that brings up a good point, too, that there's everything from Facebook Messenger to some very proprietary bots. Yeah. Um, and it's all within what kind of data is available to them. So whether it's um, you know, a, a data storage place or whether it's the algorithm that's really driving it. Um, but they can be personalized in, in whatever way. So personalized at the algorithm level so they can become very intuitive or um, they can be very, very simple as well as the, the user interfaces. So yeah. the, the British accents of Brian yep. uh, or if you're actually doing keystrokes um, to type to, say, a desktop bot, mm-hmm. um, some of them are a little bit more beautiful than others Yeah, yeah. <laughs> from it, some of the sketchy ones that we've checked out lately. It actually starts to cross over a little bit into artificial intelligence in mm-hmm. a way. I don't know if it's truly AI, but right. for instance, Facebook Messenger, that's built on top of Facebook's massive amounts of data and mm-hmm. is obviously learning a lot about you and the habits of everyone else that it's tracking. Uh, and it uses that data to try and give you a better response. I think the craziest part about it is that uh, bots are really scalable, and the only thing that really can can hinder what you can do with a bot is um, your own technology. So mm-hmm. from a marketing standpoint, we can probably reach everybody that can be reached digitally because of bots, or we can reach them through social or email or web, um, all the mediums that you and I love here at LNS. Uh, and I think that's one of the scariest, yet one of the most exciting <laughs> things from a, from a marketer's standpoint. Um, and then when we get uh, Tracy from Insights on a little later, uh, the, you know, what we can pull from that data to create insights um, and be able to you know, create marketing campaigns because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, real-time, real-time data. Uh, yeah. You talk to a bot, you get an answer, whether, whether it's good, yep. bad, or this or the other. Um, they, but, yeah, they're, they're taking what you're telling to it and they're learning from it. Mm-hmm. So there are ones specifically online that are just trained to learn from what people say to it and then give you better responses over time. Basically. Learning bots. I think we yep. should talk about learning bots or uh, yeah, a little bit. Some of your favorites. So what are a couple of the learning bots that uh, we're familiar with? Um, the most famous one probably is Cleverbot. Uh, you can go to cleverbot.com, I believe. Uh, don't quote me on that. Let me pull it up here. Yep, cleverbot.com. And that one's been running for years. I don't know how many off the top of my head, but I mean, judging by the design of the site, at least 10 years and I think it's been learning this entire time, and you can have a whole conversation with it. Mm-hmm. So it it um, can remember the whole string of the conversation. Yeah, it's it's really good at does um, it forget immediately <laughs> question. No, some of the bots we we've tried do uh, just immediately forget what you've talked about, but this mm-hmm. one will say you've already asked me that, or it'll reference things from further back. So right, that's one of the better ones. What about uh, what about ones you've seen? Uh, well, it depends. You know, are we talking the Google Nows, the the Amazon Alexas? What what categories do do those fall into? I, I think those would fall under learning bots as learning well. Bots. Different interface, obviously. Watson. Uh, Watson. IBM's product. Yeah. Uh, uh, nice accent. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, I've seen the commercials for Watson, and that one's more for research and, and education. But um, I think there's a lot of sneaky business going on with Watson, and, and he may make an appearance <laughs> at, at some point again in the future. Um, have you heard of M? Like the letter M? Uh, no, what's M? 
M is kind of it's one of the many engines inside Facebook Messenger, like you like you referenced. And M is really cool because like also like you mentioned, um, all that data that's on Facebook, all the mm-hmm. things that all the interactions that you've had, it it has that at, at its disposal. So it knows where you've checked in at, it knows um, what you've rated things, how you've interacted with your friends. So when you do ask questions about dinner, it's going to get you a place that's close to you, that's rated really high, or even a place that you've checked into in the past. Uh, because it has all of that within its uh, database because the database is Facebook. And we yeah. all know that Facebook uh, knows quite a they, bit about they us. They know everything, yeah. Uh, here's a weird one. Uh, Barbie. <laughs> Hello Barbie by, by Mattel, the, the toy manufacturer, um, is kind of tampering with the idea of putting um, a voice to their, their physical dolls that have been around for years. And one of the craziest things that I found when we were um, thinking about talking about this this topic was – uh, somebody, and I, and I can't remember exactly where to quote them from, said a conversation for marketers could happen like this for somebody that has the Hello Barbie. So it goes something like this. Oh, hello, Chelsea. Do you feel hungry right now? What about going and getting a healthy meal at McDonald's? I know that your mom isn't at work at this time, so you can go ahead and ask her. Remember the last time you told me you bought a salad and you liked it? Well, there's a <laughs> special going on right now that lets you buy a burger and a salad and orange juice just for $5. It's called a Happy Meal. So think about how McDonald's could use that. They threw yeah. in they threw in an offer. They threw in an accessory item. Uh, they knew what time the mom was at work because of her. This her is schedule. a terrifying vision of the future. It is absolutely terrifying. <laughs> um, but I mean, that's what we need to be thinking about as marketers: is um, people using those types of products. using that data. Yep. Uh, simpler ways that uh, marketers can use this stuff right now. Brands specifically can use this right now. We've already mentioned Facebook Messenger quite a bit. They announced earlier this year that they opened up their platform, uh, their Messenger platform um, for development. So brands are able to go in there and create their own messaging bots. Uh, So some brands that are already out there doing that, Hyatt Hotels, Mm -hmm. uh, you're able to do some customer service directly through Facebook with that. Disney, you can talk uh, to Miss Piggy, for instance. You can have a little conversation with Miss Piggy directly on Facebook. Very good. Uh, CNN, you're able to actually look up some news uh, you know, browse articles directly through Messenger. All using Facebook Messenger. Yep. So you don't have to use the one app. Again, just bringing everything together so that obviously – how many people are on Facebook? 900 million? I don't know, but uh, it's been said that now Facebook Messenger usage is, is up to 1 billion people. So 1 billion? Yeah. That's your reach. So by putting yourself onto that platform – you're mm-hmm. really opening up the possibilities of your uh, user base. A couple other brands that I found that are still using um, Facebook Messenger as the basis for their their bot technology, Whole Foods, taking a picture of a food when you're in the store, and then its algorithm converting that into a recipe or um, other items that would go well with it. I think that's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. And then uh, American Express also using it as a payment uh, payment medium. Wow, so, really? Yeah. You can pay with American Express through that? Um, and another really, really cool example that's that's outside Facebook Messenger, what I thought was really interesting is that the New York Times is looking into a payment technology called micropayments. Hmm. Micropayments. <laughs> Remember it. Yeah, like microaggressions. I suppose so, but these are payments, not aggressions. Uh, and how many times have you been at LNS? And between development or code work, you want to – um, read an article on your local Argus 911 or mm-hmm. uh, any other yeah. online newspaper of your choice, and they hit you with uh, you need an annual subscription or you ran out of uses for the month. Uh, a little bit annoying, right? Yeah. 
Uh, this is going to use micropayments in which you can read one article for like 20 cents. You don't need a outside third-party app. You don't need mm-hmm. uh, Apple Wallet. You don't yeah. need Android Wallet. Um, you can pay directly to the bot uh, through a link that it provides to you. A little so. news bot, like a little newsboy. It'll, it'll be a little, out there little coin purse that you extra, put your 20 cents extra. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> twenty cents into you get your <laughs> you get your article. So I don't know a, a lot of stuff that I haven't. Um, we probably even scratched the surface of all yeah. the bot usage, but a lot of really cool things happening by big brands. Yep. Uh, so that's a lot of different things going on with bots. Obviously, <laughs> a lot of brands getting on board. But what we'd like to do now is talk to a few of those bots. We need to communicate with the bots. We talked about some self-learning bots out there. Uh, you're able to have full conversations. So we wanted to get their take on some big issues. And in order uh, to get a human comparison, we want to bring on our executive producer, Laura Mitchell, <laughs> as well. So what we're going to do – hi, Laura. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, also enjoys digital. She so loves digital. Great fit. Yeah. Great fit for the podcast here. <laughs> <laughs> Laura, we want to ask you a series of questions. And after each time you answer – we also want to ask one of these bots their take on the same It's you versus question. the bots. Uh-oh. Okay. And this is like the iRobot plot all over again. Is that what that movie was about? It's <laughs> uh, a don't... show trap. <laughs> <laughs> so well, we're going to judge who has the best answer, and in the end we'll pick a winner um, of trivia. This is bot trivia. Okay. This is, yeah. All right. <laughs> you go first, right. Trev. You, all right. You kick go. it off. Let's kick it off. Uh, this one we've already asked Siri, but we want to get your answer on this too. So – what is the movie Inception about? Mm, it's about traveling through, I think, seven different worlds mm-hmm. in your dreams. Dream travel. Dream travel. Yeah, that's a good is that, answer. Is that, that correct? Is pretty good. Okay. I like that. Should, should we ask Siri or should we just um, dictate what Let's what Let's read this one back. We have some others that we'll read to Siri later. Uh, Siri says, Inception is about dreaming, about dreaming, about dreaming, about dreaming, about something or other. I fell asleep, is what Siri <laughs> said. That's what She's Siri more says. hilarious than I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Siri's got a, an attitude. You know, I would give, I would give this point to uh, Laura Mitchell. I would too. Is it yeah. seven? I don't know. I th- pending, you know what, why not? pending the accuracy of the <laughs> amount of dreams or layers of dreams, I think you get that point. All yes. Right. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll take second question. Um, Laura. Yes. Uh, who was the greatest baseball player of all time? Well, obviously, Babe Ruth was the greatest baseball player of all time, right? Okay. Right? Well, if we were to ask Cleverbot, uh, he would say Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a hard oh. one. Michael, Michael Jordan uh, played in the minor leagues. Very for, briefly. Uh, I think one of the one minor year. league teams uh, from the Chicago organization. But we all know he's a great athlete. So I would say, I don't know, what do you think, Trev? Oh, that's a tough one. Cleverbot is clever, and he hit us with that. That was good. That I'm going to go with Cleverbot. I'm going with Cleverbot as Michael well. Michael Jordan was a baseball player, so. <laughs> and he was Briefly. awful. Okay, did you ask the greatest baseball player or the greatest athlete in baseball? We said baseball specifically. We said baseball. <laughs> and Cleverbot... I beg to differ, but I mean, I guess <laughs> well, you're the jury. Laura, this is, <laughs> we're yeah, the jury. Please, we're judging this. Um, why don't you ask the next one since uh, Siri's going to have to answer? Oh, man. Um, let's see. Okay, Laura, tell me your best joke. Oh, man. <laughs> jokes are tough. <sighs> jokes jokes are really tough. We'll see if she goes with like a chicken crossing the road, oh, a knock, knock. Yeah. <laughs> and these are very difficult questions when we, when we put people <laughs> on the spot. I'll, I'll do a, a knock, knock that's a little bit LNS related. Okay. Okay, knock, knock. Who's there? Orange. Orange who? Orange, you glad you invited me to this podcast? Oh, oh man. Ah. That's an adorable joke. <laughs> that was adorable. 
Yikes. All right. Well, if <laughs> if we were to ask Hal, is that, is that, am I pronouncing that correctly, Trevor? Yep. Hal is another bot, and we'll drop the link for that one in the description. If we were asked our, our bot, Hal, um, what his best joke was, it'd say brass bands are occasionally very loud. That's we, a terrible we joke. Actually, I got a good laugh out of that one. Uh, <laughs> we did initially. <laughs> but but you, didn't, you didn't melt our hearts like you exactly. did. Exactly. So. You can't beat that adorable misfactor. So that's two for Laura. <laughs> this is impressive. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. Let's go with this one. This one we asked to a bot named Rose. Okay. What is the best food to bring to a barbecue? Let's mm-hmm. say you get invited to a summer barbecue um, by a good friend. What do you bring that really impresses Hmm. I think uh, fruit kebabs are always oh, fruit kebabs. a good hit wow. at a barbecue because yeah. it's it's not so it's you know it hits the healthy crowd mm-hmm. but it also hits the kid <laughs> crowd because you know you get a little sweet factor in there with the fruit and it's easy to Great eat on a on a you know one of those paper plates uh, it might get a little bit wobbly but you know it doesn't roll <laughs> off the plate like a grape would <laughs> outside of the kebab. That was a very long, very descriptive answer. <laughs> this is gonna be hard to you beat. You've been to a lot of barbecues yeah. in, I, in I your time. I love myself a good um, barbecue. <laughs> Rose went in a different direction. Uh, Rose said, "I don't cook. I get distracted and burn things." So, <laughs> good try, Sounds Rose. Like she recognized, winning, which is why I stick to fruit kebabs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. I think uh, we have to go with Laura again on that one, <laughs> mainly because we just got a full recipe for fruit kebabs. All right. Um, well, I'm going to be a little biased with this one because I'm pretty sure we're going to hand it over to the point already to the bots. But I'm going to ask you it, Laura. Uh, I know you like a good challenge. So we went a little mathematical and uh-huh. we asked, what is the square root of 100 – or sorry, 1,225? Square roots. If you need some scratch paper, please let us uh, know. Remember to remember to carry the three. Uh, we'll take any guess. Thirty-eight. I don't know. Oh my oh, gosh, that was very close. I did not Maybe. use my calculator app. I pulled up my phone, but I refrained. Yeah, we we saw she that. Might be a bot. She's she might, well, a bot. she's a bot that needs a, a software patch. Uh, if we were to ask our gal Rose, uh, she would say the answer is thirty-five, which oh! which is the correct answer, that and right. that is very. Uh, astonishing that you got that close. So. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, in the neighborhood, so, so point to, point to rows or the bots. Another one to bots. So oh, what's the total at here? I think we're going to call it here. Okay. So that wraps it up. The bots are at two, and Laura took it away with three. Woo! Well done. Correct answers. All right. Very well done. Today the humans have won. Humans are the superior. We'll have to see how it goes in the future. We, I hope Squeaked we keep winning. Squeaked by with that one. <laughs> one for the humans. That's right. Exactly. So next up, Laura, thank you again hey, for playing. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. We love having you on Section 2. But Section 3... This is where we get into it here. Traditionally, we, we bring in an expert. Yeah. We bring in uh, the powerhouses of LNS. That's right. And we, 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 we have, pick their brains. Yep. We get to know them. We get to know what they know. And this time, we decided to bring in our own Tracy Satoff, Director of Consumer Insights. Welcome, Hello. Tracy. Hello. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Um, why don't you start us off? Tell us a little bit about yourself and what your position here at Lawrence and Schiller is. 
Yeah, I am the director of consumer insights uh, at Lawrence and Schiller. So my role really encompasses what would traditionally probably be known as research, but we really structure it as insights. In that, yes, we do traditional research, but it's really driven by finding the unique insight or leverage that we can put together for our clients in their campaigns. So sometimes it's through primary research, like focus groups or surveys, what have you. Uh, but we're also working with uh, perhaps non-traditional um, means where we're mm-hmm. using Google Analytics information. We collaborate frequently with our digital media teams. Uh, Anywhere we can find information, whether that's Pinterest or no matter the source, we're going to use it to try to find that unique leverage. So that's what Insights is, and that's the team that I work with. Yeah, interesting. Big answer. Thank you. She's the leader of the bots at at We do. I am the bot queen. She's the bot queen. We do sometimes call the the CI department bots because they're that's why you invited me. They're very intelligent, and we always look to them for answers. So I think that's that's a good title. Um, Okay, so we've been talking about a lot of bots, artificial intelligence, Tracy. Um, in that first segment, anything that kind of uh, piqued your interest about bots or um, just that whole space of technology of, of artificial intelligence? Yeah. So one of the things I thought was interesting is a lot of um, discussions often go to where bots are going to take us as society or you were talking about, oh, they're not going to take over the world yet. Uh, to me, it's actually more interesting why uh, why people would even turn to these bots rather than just typing it or going to an app or what have you, finding mm-hmm. it themselves. And uh, to me, it goes back to communications and uh Well, insights, like I said, we do traditional research, but it really is just about communication. And so to me, this is still just the purest form of communication, Uh, having verbal discussions, whether it's with Alexa or Siri or whomever. Mm -hmm. It's really about finding the information you want or creating a human connection as close as it can get, even when when you're alone, uh, which is really what people are searching for. So to me, it's just tied to communication. Yeah. It sounds like you're going towards the instinct level. It's our instinct to just communicate communicate on that level. So mm-hmm. if we can make a machine do it, even better. Well, I, th- I think that's a really good point because um, some of the articles that we were reading, Trev, we were, we we're looking at people that are just taking online surveys and, um, you know, forgive me because I'm probably butchering uh, your, your discipline, but, you know, um, just the accuracy of online surveys because people get tired, people try to speed through them, um, they want to get to whatever prize is at the other end, whether it's access to a web page. Um, and, and bots can be a way of kind of um, combating some of those issues with, say, an online survey, they can tell you to slow down or have a discussion or um, ask you more about something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found that a little bit interesting. Survey bots, for mm-hmm. sure. Survey bots. Uh, yeah. So what kind of applications could this technology potentially have in your discipline, consumer insights? Yeah, it's huge, especially as we talk more about automation and the rise of digital um, and things like programmatic or so forth. There seems to be this uh, this idea that, oh, everything's going to be automated and it's going to be lots of ones and zeros. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like I said, communication is at the core of insights. So having these bots is going to allow us to have more communication and richer discussions with potential consumers. So you're exactly right in that people definitely face survey fatigue or um, they sort of get bored or distracted or sometimes aren't understanding a question if they're taking it online. And there is no replacement for a discussion. Uh, Focus groups or interviews, those things will always be relevant because of the communication side because we can ask questions and form relationships with consumers and clients in some cases that we just can't do in a traditional survey environment. So what bots are really going to do for insights is be able 
to have us extrapolate that uh, in a bigger way. So right now, obviously, we're just limited by human means and time Mm -hmm. where it's very difficult to talk to a thousand people. It's very time consuming. Uh, But bots will allow us to to do that more quickly. Uh, For instance, there's a company in Des Moines, Iowa that is doing research right now and they've been doing it for 10 years where they're conducting online intercepts or interviews kind of like what you described using bots. So it's actually bots that are the moderators that are asking uh, consumers these questions related to user experience. So that's really what's going to change. It's exponential in the communications and uh, discussions we can hear from it's great to hear that the midwest is, is trying to, <laughs> yeah you know, way to go des moines put yeah. their mark on so you're saying rather than sending uh your bots out into the field your your <laughs> ci team you yeah. could just uh get a laptop set up with some bots yeah exactly and they would be the other queens bots. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned that one company that that's really making waves in terms of bot usage anybody we love to look at the the bigger uses or the bigger brands that are using them have any uh brands really stuck out in your mind of of people using data in that way or using bots or artificial intelligence things like that yeah so one of the things that um there isn't a specific company that are a brand that's using it because it's it gets a little bit dicey when consumers know that they're talking to a bot <laughs> because they're often telling them pretty not sensitive information but to tell a lot about your personal life you'd be surprised the things people reveal in a focus group or in an interview uh, and so if they uh, it can be a little bit um, uncomfortable if they find out that it's a bot. So uh, it's definitely something that's going to be utilized a lot more. The company I mentioned uh, in Des Moines, they've been doing it for about 10 years and have seen a lot of success. And with more bot technology available or even the data that's being mined by Amazon Mm -hmm. uh, with their bots, um, it's just going to grow exponentially. So So you're saying that they feel more comfortable if it's an anonymous bot of some sort, or you have to disguise the bot. Yeah, or, the or face. Oh right. man! <laughs> Even or if it has a name, it's just the fact that there's yeah. some privacy protection of it. Like I said, yeah. people will want to feel a human connection, and yeah, sure. if it can at least seem human in some ways. I guess I never realized how much um, information Amazon probably has. We talk about Facebook because mm-hmm. of all the the social yeah. aspects, but Alexa. your purchasing behavior. Well, yeah, through Amazon Alexa. Yep. As well as just how you interact with the store yep, online. Those bots that sit on massive mounds of data. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, Tracy, any last thoughts for us about data or bots or anything else you'd did, like to did say? Did you know any of the, <laughs> the answers to the questions that we asked Laura in our, in our bots? I'm did sure you, you know the square the, root? I totally knew the, the square root. root. Oh, I knew it. She had it ready. <laughs> uh, well, Tracy, I'd like to thank you for being with us today, for taking the time to join us. So uh, until next time with a new topic... This is Trev and Trav logging off.